Hello and welcome to the Witch's Tea Party. This is our 11th episode. Woo! Thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to be joining with our co-host Ellen very soon and we're going to pick a topic. We have three topics left. So when we did our very first episode, um, I just absolutely... Um, oh, here's Ellen. Here she is. Welcome, Ellen, to the show, our 11th episode. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. How are you, my lovely? I'm good, thanks, Goddess. How are you? I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. And I looked at how many episodes we've done. Um, and then our topics, we've just got three left. So I'm going to ask you, I've got number one, two or three in front of me. You pick a number. Oh, okay. We're doing a, a random number pull from the hat today. Yep, yep. Well, I've got them in front of me because there's, <laughs> there's only a couple of left. So I thought, yeah, I'll just do it. Awesome. Like okay. Pick. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Um, I feel like three, you know, three is like the trifecta, the divine. <laughs> oh, it's the magic number. She went for three. It's also my birthday number, so I always have three. Woo. All right, you ready? Drum roll, please. Oh, <laughs> we all love this one. What is and, it? Uh, okay, it's motherhood and babies. Oh, <laughs> <it's> so sweet. <laughs> and we both have babies similar age, I believe. Yes, yes. Mine's. I think mine's coming up to three and a half and yours is three and a bit or two he, and a half. Yeah. He is a three-nager. Oh, three-nager. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Honestly, up and down, up and down. I'm like, he's even got little. He's got a little tiny spot on his cheek and a spot on his shoulder. I think mm. he's had too much dairy. And I was like, he's yes. getting spots already. <laughs> <laughs> but um, ah, oh, the biggest double-edged sword of my life. Like mm -hmm. one minute I'm in that just joy and bliss and ecstasy at how amazing motherhood is. And the next minute I want to pull my hair out and sell him on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I know Hoping it's so true. Do <laughs> no, I always Never say to people, exactly. it's like I say to people, you know, that saying where they're like, oh, if you think you're enlightened, go spend time with your family. And I think they should change that to like, if you think you're enlightened, go and yeah. have a child. Have a baby, yeah. <laughs> and do you know what's come up lately for me personally is there's a lot of guys, well, younger guys, this is it, when you're single, you know, they all come out of the woodwork and um, they're younger guys who want to have babies. But they, there is such a misconception of what it's like to have children. <laughs> and when you're an older woman who has got children, you kind of mm. go, sweetheart, you know, I, I, and I, I just kind of said recently, I love the fact you want to be a dad. I think it's a beautiful thing. I would never want to, you know, hold that back from your experience in life. But um, come live with me and my toddler first. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Before you want a baby, just try it out first. Exactly. Have a little bit of, yeah, I think it's like go and spend time with some other people's kids. It's a great contraception. <laughs> yes. And I remember people going, oh, I've got, I dated this guy. He's like, oh, I've got loads of nieces and nephews and they're fine. And you're like, it's just a play date. It is not yeah. the same. It's like, so different. <sighs> yeah, definitely. Because one of my brothers, he actually had his first child when he was 17. And, um, yeah. And he's now got four children and he's only just turned 30. <laughs> wow. And yeah. And so he's kind of been the breeding rabbit of the family. And um, <laughs> we sort of had dinner the other night and he was um, he's up here up on, on work at the moment. And, um, you know, and it's just, it's a lot of like, because him and his partner, because she's, I think she was 18 or 19 when she got pregnant. And like they've stayed together, they're still together now with four kids. But yeah, it's just it's a lot of pressure, and they've been through so mm -hmm. much. And it's like you've got to grow up really quickly. Whereas I 
think I'm, from my perspective, I'm grateful. Like I did all my wild, crazy shit in my 20s and early 30s. And then now, like obviously having a child a bit later down the track, it's like, mm-hmm. I, it's, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I was in more of a better, mature, stronger headspace mm-hmm. for it as opposed to I don't think I would have coped very well if I was a teenager or a, in my early 20s. That's just my personal experience. But Yeah, no, I hear, sister. I, I remember um, the same thing, like I had friends, and I think there's a lot of peer pressure, fear of getting left behind. You know, it's like, quick, we've got to get married and have a baby because all my mm. other friends are doing it. And it's mm. a really sad um, pressure to have on you. And I d- and you kind of think, mm. I'm going to be left on the shelf or it's never going to mm. happen to me. And I'm the same as you. Like, I did all my crazy wild shit. And I saw, I remember seeing, um, it's actually, a, I, I got engaged at 19, but never got married, thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was saved. I do because we were like you never got married I'm like no been engaged three times that was enough um and yeah and it's his friends I remember his friends they um they had a baby and literally I don't know a few months after birth she wanted to go out clubbing and taking ecstasy pills again and I just thought what like in my mind I've always said that like as soon as I'm responsible for another person's life a little human being no yeah. more smoking, no more recklessness because you have to be there for them. Yeah. And they were, oh, I, I dread to, honestly, I don't want to be judgmental, but I dread to think where that family is at now. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, God. because she never wanted to be a mum. It was just a, it's a thing that you do and some people do it to keep, you know, partnership together, which I think is so toxic. Yeah. Um, keep a man and you're like I've always I've I've come from the view I would never I've always said to someone I would never want someone to stay with me out of obligation because I'm pregnant mm, like be absolutely. with me because you want to be with me <laughs> exactly exactly and I think as well there's a lot of this um it's a very old patriarchal perception as well that you know, and there's something that I'm feeling called to speak about as well, because if you're a woman as well who actually doesn't want to be a mother either, that's okay. Mm, like there's this perception yes. in our society, especially very patriarchal, that the woman's role, you know, it's like that get married, pick a white fence, fucking four-bedroom whatever home and have the kids and stuff. But that's not for everyone. And it's okay if you're a woman and you don't want to have children. It's like you're free yeah. to do so. And if you're a mother, if you're someone that really wants children, that's great too. But there's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of women that actually don't want children feel a lot of pressure from society and community mm-hmm. to, you know, oh, you've got to have children. Or, How old are you? Why haven't you had kids yet? Or why aren't you married yet? <laughs> it's just like I don't want to and you don't have to. Mm-hmm. And I've always said, rather than having another baby, I just want animals now. Like, I just want to <laughs> have so many cats and dogs, like, uh, so yeah. much unconditional love. And having a puppy is just the same as having a very, very similar to having a baby. <laughs> it doesn't ruin my body. It doesn't ruin my body. Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. um, and I just wanted to big, do a big shout out because we've been joined by Archangel NYNC. So, welcome oh. to the show. If there's any questions, um, you'd like us to answer. We're talking about motherhood and babies. So feel mm. free to go into the chat there. Um, but yeah, that. we just that. run with our conversation with what we've been called to. And Beautiful. I totally hear you. Like there's so much pressure. Like, and I even remember my friends in England, as soon as they get married, and I actually did it once to my friends because I thought it was the done thing to do. And you go, so you got married. So when you're having kids? And they're yeah. like, can we just enjoy getting married? Like why do you have to <laughs> jump onto the next phase? I know. It's like, <laughs> um, it's actually... so, yeah, and also people who can't have kids, you know, for lots of different reasons. Absolutely. Um, yeah. uh, what, what, I'm going to pitch a question to you now, pitch a question. Um, mm-hmm. If you weren't biologically able to have children, because I've thought about this a lot, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. would you have adopted or fostered or would no. you just accept it? <laughs> no. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really brutally honest because um, and I speak about this quite openly with people and I've actually probably offended mm. mothers groups because I'm quite honest. I love my son. It's been an incredible experience. Like I actually I actually remember the process of manifesting him. Like I actually had this desire in my early 30s. Like I want to be a mother, and I yeah. manifested and he came through and he's been an amazing, incredible experience. And he teaches me every friggin' day, especially patience and tolerance. But mm. for me personally, I realized I'm in a lot of ways I love my own space, my own creativity and the, the freedom that kind of comes with that. So if he hadn't come along, um, I don't, yeah, I never felt the desire or the interest to be honest with, with that side of things. So yeah, it's interesting. And I think just quickly as well, um, that book that you sent me, Conversations with God, has been mm-hmm. such an amazing, so thank you so much for Yay! that. That book, I've been meaning to read that for ages. And I was literally reading a chapter in there last night and he was talking about that, how the householder, you know, becoming a parent is actually one of the most challenging spiritual paths because it will trigger you, it activate you, it will make your soul grow exponentially on so many levels. And he says, whereas if you're just solo and you're on your own, you've got all day to meditate and be all love and light and bliss. (laughs) But once you're a parent, you know, that's a very challenging spiritual path to take. And it was just so nice to read that because I think yeah, my having I before my son, I realized I was actually a very self-absorbed, selfish, immature woman. And mm-hmm. since having my son, he's given a depth to me that I didn't know existed and a sense of maturity and a different outlook and a sense of power, like goddess power. I can't explain it. And I remember women saying to me, the massage therapist, she was saying she noticed women before they had a baby. Mm. They were quite, you know, insecure or not really sure. But after they had a baby, she goes, Mm. fuck me. They were like, don't fuck with me. (laughs) It's like mama bear. (laughs) You got boundaries. You don't put up with shit. Um, It changes you on so many levels. And so for that, you know, I would never, ever change anything in the world. Like I'd have my son a million times over for sure. But before him, I never thought about or desired adopting or fostering or um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a mothery mother, if that makes sense. <laughs> you know, some women are just like, I love children. I love, <laughs> I just want to be yeah. a mother. That's like my sister-in-law, but yeah, that's not me. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I've always wanted to be a mum since I was about 16. Beautiful. Um, very, very young, but I, it's weird. Like, cause my mum, my mum always said, thank you. God bless us all. Um, do everything you want to do first have your career, travel the world, see everything you want to see, do that first because they tie you down. And like just physically it's harder to travel. And I know you can, but, you know, uh, especially when they're very, very young, you just you just want access, immediate access to running water, um, a washing machine. Yes. <laughs> and you bet. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we can think about. Exactly. Even going to a cafe, I was like, am I going to make it to the cafe without breaking down in tears and walk back home again? Will I, will yeah. I cope with that? Um, but, mm. yeah, I, I totally resonate with everything you said. And I, I said, look, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But yeah. I still, I've always felt like there was a hole in my life, like there was something missing. And then when mm. he came along, it was like it completed me. And I just straight away went to a different zone it was like I'm here like the whole of Amanda is now here and it gave me the confidence to protect my baby to leave a really abusive relationship and so that's really interesting it's like he saved me it's like I wouldn't I would put up with being mistreated myself but as soon as he was born into this life it was like no I I have to protect him but I see so much of my soul within him I don't know if you get that with your son 
Mm. Like I look at him, it's like I'm looking back at myself sometimes or like he really sees me, mm. you know, like no one's ever looked at me before. Yeah. It's unconditional love. They're, they're still in that realm of it's just joyfulness, creativity, just unconditional love. Like I've had days where I've been an absolute like cranky bitch <laughs> and he just comes up to me and he hugs me and he's like, I love you, mum. <laughs> And then yes. you're just like, oh, and you just, and yeah, and they teach you like, I remember once I took him to a meeting and um, he just sat there bubbling with joy. And one of the men in the this meeting, he was like in obviously a very negative headspace. And he said, thank you so much for bringing your son today because I just looked at him and he just reminded me of my own innocent nature. He's just sitting there just joyfully smiling. There's at nothing and he's just happy like he's just here now mm. and he reminded me to be present and just be happy it's all good and I was like oh that's a really lovely message you know and mm. I think babies that's why people are magnetized to babies because they're like fresh out of the realm of unconditional love <laughs> it's oh, like well, give me some of those vibes that little, yeah that little I, it is nobody can put their finger on it the, the newborn baby smell everyone wants to smell them I yeah. think it's it's pure like aura it's you yeah. can't we can't it's, it has no scent. It's just, uh, oh, it's like smelling a rose. It's like you, when you mm. actually, I studied this a little bit with aromatherapy, you're actually um, breathing those particles into your being. So unfortunately, if you smell poo or sewage, <laughs> you've got little tiny, little tiny particles in there. But yeah, um, I, I wanted to just re-emphasize your point as well about um, kind of being present. I think this is what the way that the world is leaning towards. Um, I don't know if you found it when you were pregnant, is there are a lot of mums who are older now, um, you know, waiting to have children. So we are being a more fulfilled human being and looking at our shit and dealing with our shit before yes. we enter parenthood. And then we are having less children. So in a way, it's kind of we're addressing the overpopulation of the world. Mm. But also I see the difference between people who sort of, they look tired and drained because they've got kids. It's like, oh, they're the kids. There's three or four kids we're getting away from. Whereas when you parent one, maybe two children, you're so present with them and you've got more time and patience with them being older and you appreciate them, it's a different space and there's a different appreciation and understanding. And then they grow up differently because they're not fighting for attention or affection they're getting all of it so then they're becoming more centered and more present and more you know they don't have competition i actually played a little bit of a a, a mind game on my son the other day and i said what would you because he with being three major you know everything has to be his own way and i said um what would you do if you had to share mummy with a baby i thought oh i just couldn't play devil's advocate here and i said what if you had a baby brother or sister and he was like what and I was like yeah can you imagine if you had to share mummy like you wouldn't get all this, this attention and I could see his little brain work and he was like oh, is mum gonna have a baby like what did she say what did she, what is she telling me <laughs> um but yeah it was like look you know you get my undivided freaking attention most of the time and you don't know how real how awesome your mum really is like I'm doing a little crazy dance and he look he watches me like what is she doing right now <laughs> because you're living in a busy household and, and I'm not I'm not degrading a busy household because in my imaginary world I've always wanted five kids and a big happy household but in today's society where women are being forced into careers and forced back to work more you know kids are chucked in daycare like it's it's I think it's not the it's not the Waltons do you know what I mean mm -hmm. um that we'd all love to picture um 
people are just shitty and arguing and there's lots of shouting in households and everyone's just pissed off not having their own space. So actually, if we have, you know, if we all follow this, this model of looking deep within ourselves, going along that spiritual path earlier, yes, being totally selfish and self-centered for good reason, so that when we enter motherhood and parenthood, it's like, I'm so ready. Like, I tried saying this to a male friend of mine, and it's like, it's not that I didn't want to bond with you. It's just that you're so you're at this different stage in, my, in life. I don't want to go to a pool party. I don't want to go out drinking. I don't want it. I want to stay with my son. That's what I get off on. I love staying in and have an early night reading books with him, like, because he can't understand that that gives you more joy than going out and partying. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a different, I guess it's different phases. Is, is that my voice coming through or is that because yeah. I'm just getting feedback at this end? It's, I sound like Darth Vader at my end. <laughs> no. It's really weird. It's like I'm getting this, like, deep breathing, like this, oh. <laughs> So just making sure the microphone's all good on my now, end. I, when I'm when I'm recording this, whenever you're on live, it always sounds perfect. And then if I do a playback, then mm. I can tell the difference whether it, yeah, yeah, bless. <laughs> too close to your microphone. <laughs> well, I've got I've got the muffler on, and I've got it about half a meter away. So, <laughs> ah. yeah, maybe you're just Darth Vader today. This is just your realm. maybe I'm Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> Darth Vader mama. Um, yeah, cool. So I think, um, yeah, going back to obviously, yeah, all of that. So I guess, yeah, it's like different stages of your life. And yeah, I definitely find that as well. Like the part of me that wanted to go out wild partying, drinking and having a wild time. It's like, yeah, it just doesn't interest you anymore. And it's like, you've been there, done that. And it's just a new different phase. And I think sometimes we can feel this pressure that, you know, as mothers, we have to be constantly go, 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 do, 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 be there for everyone. And it's like, well, you don't actually, it's just a belief system. And if something doesn't light you up or feel good or joyful, you don't have to do it. Like it's, you know, you get to stay in with your children and just be present with them and enjoy their company. Like you're not obligated to try and be all these things to everyone else. Because I think that's sometimes the trap we get into creating these busy, 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 busy lives is thinking that, you know, we have to be busy, we have to be making this, we have to be doing that in order to be successful, in order to have this. And we forget the most basic, simplest, it's the simple things in life that really matter. And it's just, like you said, it's about just being present and fully present with your child. Like turn the phone off, turn the distractions off. And even if you just spend half an hour, an hour with your child, just being fully present with them will make such a big difference in your relationship with them and in your life, basically. Because I see a lot now, especially with modern technology, you go out to places now and I've seen whole families that are just sitting on their devices, you know, babies, you know, six, you know, eight month old babies with their own fucking device. Yeah. And I'm just like, no one's talking to each other. Mm. And I just go, you know, there's going to be a whole generation and it's already happening now, the generation that's come after our generation, um, you know, because we were in the generation where technology only just really started to come through. So we'd actually spent probably the first you know, two, two and a half decades without that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and then now this generation has been born into it. And I think, mm -hmm. um, you know, they're now running boot camps on teaching kids how to actually take pictures of other things other than themselves and how to actually talk to people <laughs> because they don't have any communication skills. And, you know, and I think it's just, yeah, taking that distraction away and just being present. That's all it is. If your child just desires your presence, you being there and seeing them and having time with them and enjoying their company. Yeah, there's so much to be said for that connection, isn't it? And um, I've been so mindful of that lately. You know, it's like those boundaries of, okay, you're going to respect me, this is mummy's time, and then I'm going to do the same with you. And then 
the I see his eyes light up where I say, can we do some playing now? Like, can we play with the cards? And he's like, oh, yeah. And I, this came from this really good thing I, I read or saw somewhere that said, and this is to think about, you know, your future uh, relationship with your children mm. is um, uh, make sure you go in, you make sure you spend time um, going into their world when they're young, because when they're older, you want to make sure that you stay in their world. Does that make sense? It's like, you know, if you're too busy for them now, they're just going to always learn, well, there's no point. I'm gonna, not going to go to mum for comfort because she works all the time. Um, mm. And that's a very <clears throat> tricky sort of boundary to set because we do have to work as well. And um, But, yeah, because you think, you know, in their adult life, say, um, you know, he grows up, starts doing drugs, I want him to come to me and be open and tell me everything so that I can help him and say, okay, there's no judgment you're doing drugs. What drugs are you doing? Let's make sure you do them as safely as you possibly can. What's the reason for doing them? You know, mm. like keep that communication open because that's when they usually wander off because they're like, well, mum's too busy for me. So, And then I've seen a lot of my male friends, they'd never want to worry their mum. Whereas you keep them close, keep them very, very close. And it's like, it doesn't matter what you do. And you know, oh my gosh, so yesterday, my son, out of nowhere, he just said, oh, I think we're having dinner. And he said, do you like me, mum? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. I was like, yes, I like you. I love you. I said, nothing would ever, mm -hmm. ever, ever change that. And I said, I'll do anything for you. Anything. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just his little mind, you know? So I was like, yeah. <laughs> Um, I think as well, especially because we're bringing up boys and I think if also because like Amanda and I obviously both single mums bringing up boys and there's a really great book that um, is actually really well written called Raising Boys and I can't remember his name. He's an Australian psychologist. Um, but one of the things like I actually was really blessed. I had a male nurse um, who was my home nurse when I was when Rowan was just born and he actually was talking to me about it's important, especially if you're bringing up a male, they do need very healthy, strong male figures in their mm -hmm. life because there will actually come a point and it's even like when you read the book Raising Boys, I don't know if you've read that book, Amanda, have you read that one yet? No, nope, no. Nope. Oh, okay, cool. I'll send it to you because it's really, really great. But he talks about in, in our culture and our conditioning, in our history, boys generally between the ages of about 11, 12 to about 15 in um, tribes all around the world would actually leave their mother for two to three years and go and just be with the men. And that was mm. their initiation into manhood. And he said, what's happened now? And so that, that energy then was then put into productive, skillful things and the boy became a man. Whereas in today's culture, the boys a lot of young boys do not have that transition. They do not have that healthy, strong male role figure or that father figure. And so they can kind of go off the rails or go, you know, off the tangent and put their energy then into not very healthy, productive things. And so it was really interesting that one of the male nurse that I was initially helping me with my son when he was born, he said to me, just as long as you even just have one healthy male role model, whether it's an uncle, a friend, or, you know, someone in your family that they can just give that really positive, healthy male role model too. And it creates a space for them to connect with another male, especially if you're a single mum bringing up boys. Um, mm -hmm. It will make the world of difference, you know, because I mean, probably like yourself as well, like, because we've both been, you know, single mums that went through traumatic, abusive relationships. And it's just, you get to that point where you're like, I'm not having that in my son's life or in my space. Like it has to be healthy, good men and setting those healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think moving forward, and it's heartbreak as well because you know the father of your child, you know, is a like is not healthy and is a complete nut job. 
<laughs> then it breaks your heart because you're like, you know, yeah. I'd love for my child to have a, a father. And it's getting to the point now, I don't know where he's seen it on YouTube Kids or at daycare, but every night now he's like, Mommy, I want my daddy, I want my brother, I want my sister. And I'm just thinking, and then the other day he said to me, Mommy, I want a son. <laughs> Just going, I've got to monitor what the fuck he's oh. watching because I've just got like, where is a cat? Get a cat. Yeah. <laughs> you can have a cat. Yeah, <laughs> That's my mum did. <laughs> Best role model ever. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. And, and role models all in life. And I remember, especially with COVID and we were in lockdown, is um that integration you know i was i was like i actually this is a, this is another idea this is a very pagan idea rather than going through a baptism i wanted a god a god family for my son and this was the whole idea but we couldn't because of freaking lockdown um, i've got lots of friends in sydney and then lots of people here um in the newcastle area so what i wanted to do is actually bring them together so i've got god parents there was about six people like couples or single people to then have a pagan ceremony where he's in the middle and it's kind of like a name giving ceremony as well it's called um mm -hmm. so it's like recognizing here is leo he's in this world and recognizing that he's supported by this whole group of people so he can go to any one of them and they will support him throughout his whole life that's so um, lovely I love yeah that. It's, it's actually called something i looked it up um and i thought i'd just like change the words to suit it but yeah rather than being baptized in the church where most babies cry and go why why i mean it's cold church because it's very very english very english i'm in a cold church with some strange man priest holding me with putting water on my forehead like what the hell's going on and, and because because leah was a toddler as well or just becoming a toddler um mm -hmm. it just made more sense and um yeah okay. so sort of having those those as the role models. Ah, well, look, we promised we would wrap this up and keep it a quick show today. But <laughs> um, so we do have two more topics to go. And then, then I don't know if you want to take a break or whether we just um, sort of channel what we want to speak on, because that's always interesting, impromptu conversation. Um, mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd love to talk about motherhood and babies? No, I think that's all good. Yeah, I think I've said what I wanted to say. Is there anything else you want to say? Ah, oh, just the the important. Uh, it's my paganness coming through now, um, and and it blends in with religion. Is I wish there was more recognition or a ceremony that recognises the phases of motherhood mm. or womanhood specifically. So you know, and I I deal with a lot of pregnant ladies in massage. Is it's like you know, being able to grieve that role as being a woman you know that sorry that phase of our life <laughs> we don't just stop being a woman but the phase of our life of before we have that responsibility and then the celebration of motherhood and like wow like I remember when I gave birth it was literally like some energy gateway opened inside of me like literally mm. transformed me and I think that's a lot to do with um so my brain's going really fast now. Um, a lot to do with postnatal depression is that those stages are not recognized. It's kind of like you're in this busy corporate career, then you have a baby and you're expected to carry on and none of that's recognized, that transition. Mm -hmm. So if we actually grieved it, said goodbye to that as a process and then celebrated the new phase of womanhood and that we, we learn from our elders you know like we probably would in ancient times that you're going to become more powerful now you know you're going to start you'll do anything for that baby you're going to be fierce you're going to be a warrior woman you know it's like oh awesome 
and then that prepares us and we're supported for that um into that sort of next phase and then before also there's another grieving phase where our kids grow up and leave home which is a proper grieving phase we need to recognize and then again into our crying phase when we're menopausal and we can no longer physically have babies so yeah, like I wish that was more celebrated and recognised within. I think that's what kind of our work as a man is to bring that through because <laughs> yeah. it is, it's desperately needed. Like women need that. It's like the transition from, yeah, like you said, the maiden, yeah. the mother, the crone. And yeah. um, and we even have that cycle each month as well in our in our moon cycle, and it's to honour yeah who we are as women and us. We're cyclic by nature. We're creators. We're creatrixes. We're you know birthers of life. And I think under yeah we've it's it's breaking and shaking now like the breakdown of the patriarchal construct so that the feminine the women can come through and stand in their power and you know and it's it's healing those deep deep wounds of the feminine. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. Big one. Oh, it's, it's so nice to connect with you as a mum. Like it's so like I think if one of us wasn't a mum, it'd be more difficult to connect. It's it's funny. It's like a different yeah. language. It um, is. It's different yeah. energy. Yeah. 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 And I definitely I I definitely would have adopt, adopted or fostered. Um, as hard as it is, I know a foster mummy. She's got like five kids. Wow! Um, and if she has babies, she, when she she breaks her heart, giving them back. She's like, I can't do babies anymore. But um, but you know what? That was Home and Away because I used to watch Home and Away. I used to watch Pippa with the foster kids. Oh, lovely, lovely. That was why I was like, I'd foster kids. I'd be like Angelina Jolie and have like twenty of them. I'd be like, yeah, I keep them coming. But you know what? <laughs> I've got a goddamn nanny to help her. <laughs> I know just quickly on that I'll just um I'll just quickly before we close up the show was um I actually had this lady recently ask me she said oh so do you think you'd have any more children and I said if I was to have any more children I would have the most amazing awesome husband I would have this beautiful divine home I would have a nanny I'd have a cleaner I'd have a chef I would have (laughs) I would have the fucking my own private driver I said, because that is what I now require. That is my standard if I'm having any more yeah. children because I am not doing solo mama ever yeah. again unsupported. Yeah. It is one of the most hardest, stressful things. I was like, no. <laughs> She's like, yeah. geez, you've got standards, woman. <laughs> uh, no, but I think it's very natural. It's that community of women coming back to again, you know, of being a nanny, of having a nanny, having another woman to help you, just yes. being on call. And, yeah, I was yeah. I was wiping down my doors and cleaning my skirting boards fun times and I did I thought fuck this shit I'm gonna hire a cleaner to specifically just do my oven my skirting boards and cleaning my wooden doors I'm like do you know what that's your job for the day okay I hate that shit <laughs> I mean exactly. wiping my son's ass every five seconds that's enough for me to do exactly exactly I actually found out too late I don't know if you had one of these for your process but I didn't know that you know how they have death doulas they have not only birth doulas but they also have after birth doulas that live and stay and help you out for like several weeks or several months however long you need them and Mm -hmm. they literally come to your house they cook they clean for you they take care of the baby so you can have some sleep and I was like oh why did I not know about these baby doulas (laughs) This should be this should be a bloody government, you know, national health yes. uh, funded scheme. Because the Absolutely. thing is, there's too many of us that are left on our houses alone, and oh, we have no other family. Um, nice. Yeah, totally. Right, we've got to wrap things up because I promised you half an hour. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you so much, gorgeous Ellen. Thank you, goddess. Um, well done to all the mamas out there. And if you're not a mama, you know, um, 
there are so many gifts in the world. You never have to feel any pressure or uh, judgment from anybody. You know, your life is your life. And it's, it's hard enough just being a woman. Let's face it. Big enough <laughs> for all the women in the house. <laughs> Full stop. I love it. Right, we'll catch Thanks, you in a couple, of, a couple of weeks' time. Mwah. Yay. Lots of love. Bless. Bye for now. Bye.